Happy Wednesday, Boss Free Society. This is Patty Dominguez with Tim Wambeck, and you are listening to episode 98 of the Boss Free Society podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, please do so. Today's show, we have Kevin Rogers, who is a former broke comedian who is now a master copywriter and founder of Copy Chief, a really cool community of copywriters, small business owners, and just people looking to improve their game in how to engage with their perfect customer, as well as tell their story. So in this episode, you're going to learn not only about how to charge for your time and expertise, but Kevin's also going to be talking about his story, of course, as well as the 60-second sales hook, which he is very well-known for. So make sure to listen to this show because there are so many nuggets of information. I know we say this a lot, but in this one, that is absolutely the case, that you're going to want to listen and take notes because these are actionable things that you can apply to your business. And again, Kevin Rogers from Copy Chief. I want to thank you personally for being the founder of Copy Chief as well as being a mentor to me in my copywriting adventures. So hope you guys enjoy the episode as much as we enjoyed having him on the show. If you like what you hear, make sure to visit us over at bossresociety.com forward slash show 98 for all of the links to the show as well as the offers that we have there specially for you, our Boss Rebars. So here we go. Please enjoy the show. Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast. Your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. Patty, I am excited to bring Kevin Rogers to, to our listeners. Uh, Kevin spent years traveling the country as a dead, broke, stand-up comedian until he discovered how a simple joke formula could be used as a powerful marketing hook, and he began teaching it to marketers. Today, Kevin is one of the most in-demand sales consultants online, working closely with high-volume information marketers corporations, and local brick-and-mortar businesses alike to turn around sluggish ad campaigns. Entrepreneurs and business owners all over the world have used Kevin's techniques to skyrocket their profits and grow their businesses at record pace. He may or may not be wearing pants. Please help me welcome Kevin Rogers to the Boss Free Society. You got caught on the pants thing, huh, Tim? You, you were visualizing. He was, he was. He was future casting what it would look like. Wait a second. Now you visualizing. <laughs> Guys, it's great to be here. I've been looking forward to this, and I know we're going to have a great time, and hopefully I can lend some value to your listeners because I know they're plugged in and motivated. That's it. And, and in full transparency, I want to give a big shout-out to Copy Chief, which is Kevin's passion project. I'm a member of Copy Chief, so Tim, you can be in interviewing me as well because I have a lot of good stuff to say. It's been really great for my projects, my business, and Kevin didn't pay me anything to say that, but yeah. um, it's just so cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. You, you've been a great member, an active member, and I love when people come in and get the most out of it, and I think you've done that, so I appreciate it. Yeah, well, we can talk about, I mean, even segueing just a little bit on that 
whole thing, the the aspect of community. I mean, there's so many different products or, or, or products that have a community component to it, let's say yeah. on Facebook. And I know that you've been very steadfast in saying that you don't want it or you didn't want to have a community necessarily on Facebook, but have it be housed off site, right? Somewhere yeah. else online. And why do you think that is or how does how has that played a powerful component to creating that community? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, my original motivation for it was that I just didn't want to uh, build on rented land, right? I mean, Facebook could wake up and change their policy any day, and it, it'll affect a lot of people. You know, everybody's a real trend right now for people to create closed Facebook groups. And I, I think it is a good tool. But I think, you know, as a result, I think people are starting to get a little grouped out. Uh, you can only be plugged into so much stuff. Uh, and, but the other thing for me about Facebook was that, look, the, the good thing about it is you get a lot of uh, interaction because you, you, you're where people are anywhere, right? Anyway, I mean, everybody's going to Facebook and uh, checking on different stuff. But for me, it was very distracted energy, right? I mean, you know, you're, oh, that's a good point. how many times have you logged into Facebook? I mean, I do this once a day. Uh, like I go there with a purpose. <laughs> uh, because that's somebody's preferred method of conversation of, of a private message or something. And I never get to what the heck I'm supposed to be doing there until I get all distracted. And I'm sometimes <clears throat> in a rabbit hole and I'm in a, a clickbait funnel and I'm like trying to figure out who, uh, <sighs> you know, Jimmy Fallon's third cousin is because, you know, I don't, why do I care all of a sudden about this? You know, <laughs> you're like, whose wedding is this? Wait, wait, why am I here? It's so, and then it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah, right. So now we got lots of photos to. What will I? What will I post on Thursday? Yeah. So, and so it's very distracting. Look, that that's their job is to keep you distracted and get you clicking on a lot of stuff. So, of course, that's how it is. That they're they're doing their job well, right? Lots of people capitalizing on it. So for me, I I thought you know I want Copy Chief to be a place where people come with a specific purpose and they immerse in what they're doing. So it's, it's sort of like an oasis of information, of dialogue that you don't, it's not like, ah, oh, that's right. Ah, oh, I, saw, I saw something go by and I should have commented on that. What the heck was I going to say? And ah, never mind. You know, you go, you go into copy chief and there's nothing blinking or flashing around and you, you can, we do our best to link people to what they need. If they want feedback on their, their sales copy or they're looking for a writer or whatever it is, and that way, it just feels more. It's the difference between, say, like you met somebody at a very like like a shopping mall during Christmas. Let's go hang out at the mall during Christmas. That'd be like Facebook. Like that's not relaxed, you know. I'll meet me at the food court on December twenty second. That'll be that'll be fun, you know. Or <laughs> and copy chief to me is like you know. Starbucks on, you know, uh, you know, uh, October 7th, I don't know when, but you know, just like a, a relaxed place to have a conversation that you walk away going, man, that was fulfilling. And you're, 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 you're better for the conversation. All right. So now we, we know that you were a stand up comedian yeah, and now you're this copywriting sales master there obviously there's a story in there Can you expl <laughs> explain a little bit to to our listeners because i'm sure that there are some parallels between comedy yeah. and entrepreneurship yeah there sure is so you know it's interesting and i know that a lot of uh, fans of the show are people who uh you know strongly desire to transition out of their jobs and 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 get their own thing going and uh you know it's interesting because for me i 
never I've been unhirable my entire life, you know, and it's like I'm again, I can proudly say I'm unhirable now. Yeah, so oh. are we <laughs> unemployable, unemployable. Yes, and proud. That's, a, that's a better word, right? Uh, unemployable. And, and so but, you know, um, I, I fell into that by accident. Like I was lousy at the jobs I had before I found stand up. And then the only problem with stand up was that I didn't take any business sort of acumen in there, I had no marketing plan. I didn't understand money. I had no agenda. I really was like the artist who just wanted to be able to show up and kill the room. And that was supposed to be enough, you know? And so it was disheartening to me to find out that that really wasn't enough. Like, you know, the people, uh, you know, I was a good comic. I, I can, I can say that confidently. Uh, and you know, I worked with people who are now great, who I think I had, a, we had a mutual respect back in the day, Louis CK being one of them, uh, Chris Rock, you know, these were guys who were either famous about like Chris Rock. I remember he was already famous, but not like we know him now. You know, he, he was sort of like a punchline because he just wasn't that great. Like he was notorious and he jokes about it being on Saturday night live and never getting on air. Like he was never in a sketch, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and like four years, I don't know why they kept him. He was never on the air. And, uh, but then I worked with him and he was like, Chris Rock 2.0. He was prowling the stage like he's a Chris Rock we know now. And like something happened in that guy and like got wicked inspired. So it was amazing to to work with these guys and 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 have this experience. But on my level, uh, I I was just looking from cues for the universe, which you have to do in show business, right? Like, you know, uh, and and I, I, you know, I was just like, if, if people aren't, if I'm not getting breaks. And if I'm not catching the attention of the people who can really help my career, then I'm going to have to take that as a sign. Because in my mind, I didn't know a way to influence that. Mm. I felt like it was either going to happen or it's not. Like I, I don't have control over that, which is dumb in hindsight because I know now we can influence anything we want. I just didn't have any of this knowledge back then. Right. So it was this full time job. It was a career. I made survival money. I mean, literally a lot of times I like, pulled into the holiday and on fumes <laughs> and like counting the hours until I could show up and get my free sandwich before the gig, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but who cares? I mean, I'm, I'm 23, you know, I've got long hair. I'm living like this, you know, rock star, uh, you know, or emerging rock star lifestyle. And, uh, one day woke up and said, you know, I got a transition uh, out of it, which is sort of a whole nother story. But the, the parallels, you're right, Tim, are, are there's a lot of them in the, what I didn't know at the time was I was kind of rehearsing for this whole second act uh, that you, we just don't know we'll have. And maybe a lot of people listening are in that position right now. And I'd say to that, just have faith that the experience you've had up to now will you can cash in on that even if you're not digging what you're getting paid for it right now. Because for me, for stand-up, it turned out there was this whole amazing thing called copywriting and things like getting attention, holding attention. Uh, you know, be, Even the creative stuff I learned to do back then. Joke writing, I use joke formulas to, to write copy. Yes, copy formulas now. So you know, it's, it's great to know that we're investing in something we're passionate about or not passionate about but our time doesn't have to be wasted. And that's what copy did for me. It, it made all that, that, 
you know, give me like extra value on all that stuff. Aside from the joke writing formula that you use for copywriting, what's just one technique or skill <clears throat> technique or skill that you use from your stand up comedian days now? Um, aside from the joke writing formulas, yeah, I would say, well, I mean, it certainly helps for me to be able to show up at a conference and, and speak and, and, and get on the stage. Uh, that's not even something I intended to do, but when Ryan Lee asked me the first time to do it, I realized, oh, wow, this is powerful because my goal was to get three laughs and <laughs> that people just have no, they're not expecting funny at all. And if it's actual funny and not like canned speaker funny, you know, they're like, what the hell just happened? Like that guy would came up here and there, there was spont- spontaneity just happened. Like that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> and so, so that, that's a huge asset, a big unfair advantage. If, if it didn't suck so much to travel, I, I would be speaking a lot more often. I shouldn't say suck. I, I enjoy traveling. Sucks to be away from my family yeah. is what I don't dig. But, uh, so yeah, j- j- but I do have to be careful, Tim. I got to tell you, if something happens in the within the crowd, I go right back into stand up mode. <laughs> it, and you know what I realized now that I didn't then was stand ups by nature. It's a very defensive posture. Right. Like if there's any disruption in the crowd or if anybody <laughs> speaks up, you're just like you know you know, you feel like <laughs> you're being heckled. And and you and so there was a guy the last time I spoke. This guy in the front row. Uh, is unwrapping a piece of candy <laughs> and it's uh it's really loud and you know I could it's all I can hear you know and I stopped mid-sentence and I said to the guy could you not unwrap candy the whole time I'm up here <laughs> and I, as soon as I said it I realized whoa this is like you know he said a, a little bit more than he said a little bit more than that because I saw the clip it was freaking hilarious he's like for fuck's sake, just get done with it. Like <laughs> it, was, it was the funniest thing. And, and, but you know what? Yeah. Well, what's so cool about that is it's such a pattern break because I think that you had even said you got the time slot. If I'm not, if I'm not, if I remember correctly, it's like afternoon, it's after lunch or like the last speech, which is the most brutal one, right? After yeah. lunch and it was crowd. Like, there was like nine speakers that day. Yeah. A lot of speakers, you know, it, yeah, I kind of like that spot. I, I get shoved into it a lot, I think, because if people know me, they know oh, we can trust Kevin, like he'll bring energy. So I just open in, in that situation where I walk out and I go, look, <laughs> I get, I know you're fried. I get it. I go, I'm fried. This has been a great event, these speakers. And I, I go, you know what? And I always talk about how, like, I'm a, high, I'm a high school dropout. I am not going to challenge your intelligence at all up here. <laughs> I go, but I'm going to give you some cool stuff. But do me a favor right now. Put your pen down. We're not here to take notes. Let's just have a moment, you know. And I'll just launch into a story or something. It's freaking and, cool. Uh, yeah, but the guy that I attacked that guy. It turns out he's diabetic. I find out later, <laughs> and he's not even supposed to be eating the damn candy. So he's like worried that his wife's gonna. He's like, now I can't let my wife see this tape because she'll know he's eating candy. <laughs> she's, like, she's gonna bust me out. She'll know. That's so funny. So, okay, so going back to when you transitioned from comedian into entrepreneurship, what would you say are the are the critical components of that? Is it groups you were in, mentors you had? Like, what were the yeah. things that you bridged over really nicely? Of course, it's never seamless, right? But the things that help yeah. really shorten that timeline, you know, to find your way. Yeah, definitely mentors, undoubtedly mentors, because I was studying copy for I don't know, probably a good year, at least six months or so <clears throat> before... I, I had zero clue. How, how would I get somebody to pay me for this, right? It wasn't like today where there's a lot of places that are helpful towards that goal, 
But I still, you know, I coach a lot of freelancers and I still realize there's so many confidence issues and head trash. And that's sort of a whole nother subject. But sort of tactically, for me, what it was, was a mentor who really fortuitous thing turned out to be a guy I knew from stand-up comedy. His, his name's Vin Montello. He's a great copywriter. And found out by accident that he was also studying what was pretty much the only copywriting course available at the time, Michael Masterson's Guide to Six-Figure Copywriting or whatever it is, by Mark Ford, the, the genius copywriter. And uh, uh, he was a little bit ahead of me. He was a little bit more of a go-getter as a business guy. And so he was already working and had some clients. And so he just gave me, he coached me on how to get jobs. Like he would, there was a forum, not unlike copy chief back then. And he would say, Hey, somebody just posted for, for an email copywriter, go respond to it and say this, even though you've never written an email in your friggin' life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, doesn't matter. I'll coach you through it. Just go say it costs this much. And I would like land the gigs because, uh, for some reason, when it comes to freelance copywriting, people who, who get it, like get it quick, and it just kind of clicks and happens. So mm. uh, the transition was easy once I got going. But the toughest part, Patty, was figuring out where do I even go or how do I approach somebody for a job? And I, I realized today running this community that still a big issue for people. You get confidence issues and like, how do I actually collect the money? How yep. much do I charge? And like all, all these things. And so. So uh, I was actually going to ask you that. I mean, as somebody that was a broke comedian waiting for the sandwich time to come along in the afternoon, hey, I got to wait three hours for my sandwich. How do you go from that to being a copywriter that that I mean, I don't know how much you charge, but I know that you're a very, a very well yeah. known copywriter. You demi- demand a premium. I'm assuming you did a lot around your money mindset. And I know mm-hmm. that freelancers or consultants, that is definitely a pain point that we all go through. How did you yeah. get through that? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of a slow build, you know, I mean the first, it used to amaze me all the time that I would get on the phone with somebody, have a conversation at the end of it, they'd go, okay, where do I send the money? You know? And like, that's all we knew of each other. And they would send me a couple thousand bucks or something. I would think, wow, this is amazing. Of course I had to then go do the work and that made it a little less fun. But yeah, I realized that it's, it's reputation and it's like just getting used to the the flow. Right. Um, and so again, it's a good point, Patty, because a lot of people, a lot of freelancers I talk to are worth way more than they're charging way more. And early on in my career, I was listening to a Dan Kennedy, uh, interview or a coaching call or something. And I'll never forget. He said he was talking about getting $40,000, for a copy package. Remember that was his number at the time. And he said, he said, listen, he said, the only difference between me and another capable copywriter who gets paid a lot less is that I can say $40,000 with a straight face. And I was like, I was like, Oh, it's so true. It's like, really, it's just the digit, you know? And yeah, just as proof in the pudding that, you know, it, it was a, 10 year buildup, but I now uh, get $50,000 for a sales campaign. And so the fact that I say a bigger number than I heard Dan Kennedy say that day, and of course he's over six figures now. So this is, you know, years ago, but uh, it proves that even if something sounds so ridiculous and, and, and otherworldly, it's not. It's just an incremental build. But one piece of advice I could give to people. You know, just practice saying higher numbers mm. because you're probably undercharging 
understand that you have a specialty skill, put value on all the time and effort you've put in developing your skills, the time it takes, the sacrifices we make for our clients sometimes to be away from family. Those things have to come at a premium. You have to respect your time first. If you don't know the value of your own time, how are you going to command it from someone else? And when you do, they'll respect you more and they'll be easier to work with. It's when you low dollar yourself and let that transfer onto your client that all the relationship, you know, is on shaky ground. So true. That's so good. And I know that just from personal experience for people listening out there, I I went through that. I had um, a coach tell me I was about to get on a call with a prospective client and I was literally going to charge 25% of what he's like, what? You have like over 15 years experience at corporate level and private equity and consulting and this and that. He's like literally quadruple that price. I'm like, what? I can't do that. And it's sometimes it takes somebody to see more in you than you see in yourself yeah. for them to open sure. your eyes to the possibility. And he's like, just do it and do it just like this, like I'm telling you. And then once you say the number, you shut up. You don't say anything because yes. then you're not justifying it. Yes. And then what happens is, is that either they'll take it or they won't, but you have to understand that it's like just let it out and see what happens. And and mm-hmm. so I got on the phone with the client. She took it. And she's rehired me again and again. Right. And I quadrupled my pr- – I would have made literally 25% of what uh, I made. It's unbelievable. Right. It is unbelievable. And, you know, you made some great points in there. One is, number one, say the number even if – maybe they'll balk, Right. But mean the number. Mean the number. Ultimately, you'll begin to think, how can I provide value in such a way that it's totally worth that number to me and to them? And you'll begin almost cosmically attracting clients who can afford that or or okay paying that. The other thing you said, which is amazing, is she hired you over and over because – you probably rose up and did even better work. You didn't go in, th- in into it begrudgingly or not that you were before, but you were like, damn, you got your own attention. <laughs> your price. You're like, no way I'm screwing this up. This is a it's good client. Right. It's and right. she was thrilled and now it's, you know what I mean? So like, man, like you, because, and it really just does take some coaching, like say it this way. And man, I love that one. Shut up. That's Shut the hardest up. thing to do. Hardest, <laughs> but it's true. It's the old sales game. The next person to talk loses. loses. Yep. It's yep. almost a crappy way to look at it. But here's the thing. You know, don't think of it when, you, when you're pricing your services. Never allow this conversation to happen in your head. Well, I could probably get away with charging. Exactly. You're not getting away with anything. Put an honest value on your time and then freaking double it and, and because I know you're on, you're under, everybody undervalues themselves. Put like add it up, like really give yourself an hourly figure. And the way I do it now, Patty, is, is what I've been telling people. Uh, decide what you want to earn per month, right? And then break down if it's the the project fee by the time it'll take you to do it. And this is not how you present it to the client. Right. This is backstage work. Yep. I clarify that because I've had people I'm coaching directly go, oh, so I told the guy I look to make about 10 grand a month. No. (laughs) He doesn't care. (laughs) How do you do that? (laughs) Right. He doesn't care and he probably doesn't want to know. But but when you do it that way, you go, okay, so my day is worth $500. Let's say it's 10 grand and you're going to work 20 days. That's 500 a day. And you go, and what's cool about that is you're not only doing it, uh, it gives you a, a quick way to add up your prices. It reminds you of the value of your time 
And if you're not working on a project that day, do something worth $500. Do something to market yourself. Do something to create some kick-ass content or something that, that people are going to resonate with. Right. And don't waste the day. Or if you decide to take it off, that's fine. But go have $500 worth of fun. Yep. <laughs> now, I know so I'm sure our audience is trying to figure out, all right, what is this simple joke formula that you apply to copywriting? Is there like a secret sauce in there or can you share that with our with our listeners? Sure. Yeah, I can share it with you. So it's in, I wrote a book called The 60 Second Sales Hook that, that describes this. And just throw the, the, the little plug out now. I'm sure you guys will have links and all that cool stuff. But Absolutely. they can get it at Copy Chief right on the homepage, copychief.com. It's called The 60 Second Sales Hook. It's available on Amazon, but I give away free digital copies. And I love that. I love this format. I love teaching it to people because they use it, right? That's the, that's the coolest thing. And so here it is. I'll, I'll give it to you as the joke formula. And I'll explain how I turned it into a, a sales messaging formula, we can call it, and, and give you a quick example. So um, uh, the joke formula is this, identity, struggle, discovery, surprise, because like surprise is why we laugh, right? And so if you think about any joke, that's, you know, there's some twist or there's some surprise. Uh, and, uh, and I'll just tell you how I changed that last part for, for, for sales. So, but a good example of the joke formula is, uh, and I realized as I began to research this formula that I would notice um, comics using it when stakes are their highest, right? Like if they're their first time on, say, like Jimmy Fallon or something, and you, you have to make a real impact and you have to connect. And it's always story that connects and it's struggle that connects. And so a great example of, is a comedian named um, – uh, Karen Rontowski, her first shot on Letterman, she walked out and she said, um, my kids were so bad in Walmart today that I pulled a fly swatter off the shelf and I smacked them with it. And she said, and as soon as the fly swatter hit their ass, I realized I don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a great joke, right? But it and it's 15 seconds and suddenly we know so much about this woman, right? right. Identity, struggle, discovery, and then result or surprise is, is the, the laugh. And so all we do is change that last part for sales, identity, struggle, discovery, result. Because now, okay, if we don't have to what, you come up with some witty twist every time we want to <laughs> give out a mess, that would be daunting. But what all people really want to know from us is what was the result? How did it work, Right. And so, Patty, you know the formula well because I know you're, you're working on yours. But I'll, I'll give you my uh, – I'll give you a, a couple real quick just to show you how you can use it in any different uh, format. And what I mean by that is, you know, people out there may not offer only one service or maybe you want to promote other people's products and you want to find something personal about them. And this formula can apply to whatever you're selling to whatever market, but you'll use different stories to make it work. So, uh, Tim, you basically gave mine at the beginning, at the top, by introducing me. My, my introduction is my 60-second sales hook. So right. you, those listening will re, remember hearing it just a few minutes ago, but it goes like this. I'm Kevin Rogers. I spent years as a dead-broke stand-up comedian until I discovered how a simple joke formula – can be used as an irresistible sales hook and began teaching marketers how to use it to skyrocket their sales and grow their businesses. Now I'm one of the most in-demand sales consultants online, earning more in one month than I once did in an entire year. And that's it. That's the whole formula, nice and clean, in and out. And anybody 
this is specifically designed to make an impact, a memorable impact on anybody who encounters your message. So you could put this up on Facebook. This works really well on what we call a landing page where you send people to get your free book or your free download and you just want their email so you can continue the conversation. Uh, but let's look if I wanted to use this, say, um, I'm in like the natural health market or something, right? And so suddenly if I'm talking about health, the fact that I was a comic isn't quite as relevant. It's kind of a, kind of a disconnect there, right? So I have another story where I was, I, I was basically dead a little over a decade ago, I had a, had a heart disease or a blood disease and, you know, uh, had open heart surgery. So I have a middle heart valve now. And so, so that story goes, hi, I'm Kevin Rogers. Ten years ago, a blood infection I contracted during a routine dental cleaning left me minutes from death. Oh my God. A heart surgeon saved my life, but the new medications were killing me all over again. Then I discovered a natural solution that has helped me get into peak condition and rid myself of dangerous and expensive prescriptions forever. And then, of course, the call to action would be, if you want to find out more about what I discovered, enter your email and I'll give you my free report, which would be name something proprietary to this, right? And so you can see how you can use it in different industries. It's the same exact formula. It's really powerful. It's awesome. And, and it's something that, you know, I don't even know how I found you, Kevin, and Copy Chief, but uh, I did. And I, I never realized, and we had a discussion about this at the on the Hangout we had not too long ago. It was about, well, here I am. I'm trying to learn these copy copywriting skills. I figure I'm a fairly intelligent person. <laughs> but the fact is that copywriting is such an art. There's such an art to it. And you can see in what Kevin covered in three different examples that in that very concise, succinct statement – you definitely want to know more. You've heard so much of the story, and I think that's what's so rich about um, being in Copy Chief is that you really come to understand. And now I'm almost like I'm so cognizant of the language that people use in their sales copy is because I really want to see how they patterned it out so that mm. it's powerful. Like, am I being intrigued enough to want to know more? Well, there's a pattern behind it. And I just want to realize, like, how did they do that? So I just love it. And if we can transition to what, because we've been talking about Copy Chief, but we haven't yeah. said specifically what Copy Chief is. Can you sure. tell our listeners what Copy Chief is all about? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, basically, and this is interesting to them perhaps because, again, it's, it, it's the evolution of t- it's taking action, right? So as a freelancer, you know, I, I had this common problem uh, of, you know, I had nothing to complain about as far as my, my income and my fees and, the, and it, you know, I was constantly improving the um, quality of my clients, right? So I was on, this, on paper very happy with my career. But every year I'd look back over the year and I'd say, oh, okay, okay, revenues are up. That's, that's fantastic. Good. But there was this ongoing dialogue that man, I've got to get my own thing going, mm-hmm. right? If I don't create passive income, what am I really doing here? Because ultimately as a freelancer – you, you are sort of stuck on the client wheel. You're, you're getting still trading dollars for hours, even though you're doing it on your own terms. That's awesome for a, a while to achieve that. But if that's your only income, and I have you know two kids. My wife stays at home with the kids. I'm the sole breadwinner. And yeah, I got a metal ticker, which means <laughs> I cannot get a good life insurance plan. So what I can earn is what I can leave behind. And mm-hmm. When you've been pretty much dead and brought back, 
you're very conscious of how easily that can come out of nowhere, right? And so uh, that was a big motivation for me. It's like, like I have to earn to, you know, it's legacy, right? Yeah. So I finally, you talk about men- mentors, Patty, you know, when I got sick of hearing that conversation enough times, I decided I'm just going to invest in, in mentors. People I know can get me there, can help me create the thing. So first it was Dean Jackson. Uh, and he, Dean is the one who got me to put this book out. And the incredible thing about it is like most people who decide to write a book, I spent way too long planning this book out. I mean, I have reams of notes. I even brought in another writer, like ridiculous research. And then Dean said, um, but, uh, but this is the same material you've, you've taught from stage, right? I mean, you've, you've (laughs) basically got the book done. And he was right. I mean, all I had to do is transcribe one of those talks, put a cover on it, and now I, I wrote a book. And so the book is in transcribed format. It's just, you know, it's the slides from my presentation. Mm-hmm. I didn't even make it feel like a narrative, right? And so and it's 50 pages long. I just want to point that out for inspiration because when I launched the book, uh, people really reacted to it, and I had this new problem. Suddenly I had a bunch of hot leads mm. and I couldn't, I didn't know what to do with them to make it scalable. Right. So that created a good problem to have. So then I went to invested in another coach, a guy named James Shramko, who is a master at building communities mm. and membership communities <clears throat> as a re- recurring income model. And he said, uh, well, Mike, it's pretty simple. All you got to do is you, you got to get stopped going from one to one and one to many, you know? And so he, taught me how to build a community because basically I was teaching the same things about how to write these hooks better over and over, but just one-to-one, which was kind of dumb. Right. And he said, imagine if you could have that conversation and a bunch of people could listen into that conversation uh, and get just as much value out of it, but pay a fraction of the cost of hiring you one-on-one makes perfect sense. So that's why I created copy chief essentially to solve this problem. And then I realized from there, there's other problems I could solve, which is, you know, no, people are constantly coming to me saying, where do I find a good copywriter? And, or copywriters are coming to me going, where do I get clients? And I knew if I could create an organic, natural community where those two parties come together and discuss better ways to write copy, that the relationships would happen on their own. Like it's not a formal marketplace. It's not like 99 designs for copywriters or something. I specifically don't try to monitor or control how people get hired in there. I just create an environment where somebody can go post up some copy, get kick-ass feedback and naturally go, you know what? If, if you're for hire, you're the kind of person I'd want writing for me because I love the feedback you give me. So it's very natural. Well, so, and if I can, oh, I'm sorry. I really want to. I really want to make this point. What's so cool about it too is that because you have a mix of people in the community, people that are newbies, that again, like in my case, I'm not a copywriting professional. You have copy writing professionals in the group, some names that you've heard out in the market if you're aware of copywriters. It's very cool. And then the awesome thing is if you do put your copy out there and somebody puts, you know, gives you feedback, that trust is immediately there for me to have said, hey, John, I'd love to get more information on how you hire or whatever, because I, it's almost like the conversation goes right into the to the action as yeah. opposed to thinking, oh my God, is this guy going to screw me? Because I don't yes. know how much he's going to charge. Right. And it, 
it, so it's total trust and confidence in that the output um, is coming from a professional person. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And that was that was one of the things that again, like I hoped it would work out that way. But you know where I saw that happening was like at conferences, at the bar after the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where copywriters always get a ton of work from those things because people go, Oh my thank God I found a copywriter. And then you have a conversation. You might even pull up your ad, you guys look at it, and it's they copywriter goes, ah, maybe tweak the headline to do this. And they go, wow, you're brilliant. Boom, you're off and running. You're working together. And I thought, how can I do that virtually? And that's why we have a feedback section where anybody can post up copy. And guess what? Uh, Copywriters love to show off. And nobody they know in their actual life could give two shits about (laughs) the fact that they can write a good headline, you know? So the fact that they're in a community where people actually care about this stuff and they get praised for their special knowledge (laughs) is huge. So it works out great for everybody. So so who is CopyG for and who is it not for? Yeah, good question. So it's for – primarily it's for business owners who want – to make more sales, right? And you know that you need sales copy to do that. So if you're confused by copy, if you just want to know where do I even start to write anything, like I just gave you the 60-second sales formula. There's a lot of little trainings in there like that. Here's a formula for how to say this. Here's uh, you know, how to, a template for how to write this kind of email. Here's a complete sales page formula, all these things. Um, so there's a lot of training and my whole thing is I don't have a big attention span. I like to help get people fast wins. So we have a fast wins copy course. Um, and it's also for freelance copywriters, or it's also, as we discussed, for business owners who want to hire copywriters. And it's for uh, people who want to get better at copywriting because they're looking at that as a career option. Or they're already professional copywriters who want to get more work by you know, if you if you can deliver the goods, you can get you can land work in Copy Chief. I'll tell you who it's not for, Tim, and I'm I'm glad you asked that part of it. It's not for opportunists. It's not for people who are like strictly in in the biz op market. It's not for the real like, kind of hypey kind of salespeople. Uh, and it's just I don't know, for whatever reason. Maybe it's because I don't dig that stuff. It's just not a fit in our community. Patty could tell you it just yeah, it just doesn't happen in there because it just would feel weird. There's right. a lot of places where you can go and see that and and maybe get intel on how to. It just feels manipulative to me. You know, it's not like how can I, you know, find a traffic hack and tr- <laughs> trick people into buying this tripwire thing and then upsell them a bunch of crap they didn't need and then dodge the refund process and. <laughs> You know, bragged how everybody, how I just crushed it, made a million dollars. And meanwhile, there's tribes of people with pitchforks trying to kill you, right? It's <laughs> not for that person. It's for people who know they need better sales messaging and don't know where to begin to get it. And maybe on a higher level, want to hire top quality copywriters in a transparent environment where it takes away, like Patty said, all the friction and that weirdness of shit. I don't even know what to charge. Right. I don't even know what to ask. I feel awkward in this in this scenario. Because it's a community, it's like hanging out with your neighbors who happen to be kick-ass copywriters. It's awesome. All right, Mr. Rogers, as we're wrapping up, can you tell us what's in store for you in 2016? Mm, great question. Um, yeah, so I'm really on fire right now about working, coaching freelancers uh, because um, I, I realize that there is a pattern to what I've been able to accomplish and it really centers around a specific way to create content that feels natural for you to create, 
but it, 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 what you do with that content really raises your voice of authority in the marketplace. So I'm very passionate about helping the right kind of freelancer who feels stuck uh, or coach or consultant, you know, feels like they're stuck in that client model and can't grow out of that, how to really become a name so that they can raise their prices and that they can create courses and all kinds of cool products and, and get paid recurring income. Awesome. The last question that we have, uh, we'd like to ask our, our, uh, our guys, our, la- our last question is uh, for our boss free ballers is, what sage advice do you have for the next 24 to 48 hours, an action that, that they can take that will help move their business forward? I'd say use that formula we just, we just laid out. You know, identity, struggle, discovery, result. Just write those four words down and try to tell your story. Who am I? What did I struggle with? What did I discover that solved it? And what was the result of that? And then if you have a report or something that you want to offer people that'll help them learn it, then make the call to action for them to go get that. It's really one of the most powerful things I've ever been able to help Thank people do. Thank you for listening to and the Boss Free Society They can literally podcast. write it. Uh, if you want more, hours, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society Fan Page, Twitter new leads, at Boss Free Society, whatever or join our group it's of email, other Boss Free Mindset or whether it's a conversation about working dojo with on somebody. Facebook. No doubt you could, you could earn money. There you have it. Kevin, thank you so much for being on our show. Of course, all the links that you mentioned and Copy Chief, and I am personally a member of Copy Chief, and I absolutely love that community. It's, um, it's been really helpful to me personally. So I just want to thank you so much for, for having created it and being on our show and continuing all the, all the good work you're doing. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. <laughs>